I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, who probably could have hit an open three tonight. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I guarantee you I could hit an open three tonight. That <clears throat> I hate that Dirk had to come back for this game uh, in a selfish uh, Mavs way. Like uh, Dirk does whatever Dirk wants to do, but... Just what a horrendous game. I mean, I wouldn't say that this is up there with. I still think which, the Knicks. Which, yeah, losses, the Knicks loss or this one. Yes, the Knicks loss is still number one loss. That one was season. at home. Yes, at home. It was that was just brutal. But this is this is close. At least this one. You, there is no excuse, but at least you can point in a couple of different directions and be like, okay, this could have played a factor. And that's what Isaac and I are going to talk about today on the podcast. We're going to take all 10 of our fingers and point in all kinds of different directions as to why the Mavericks lost to the four-win, now five-win Suns, 99-89. to Yes, you heard me right. The Suns have five wins. They're 5-24 and now. Isaac, Nick, Nick Isaac, two, of the, two of those wins. Do you know that 40% of their wins have come against the Dallas Mavericks this year? <laughs> Isaac, 40% of their wins... Hey, reminder, Devin Booker didn't play tonight. Oh, yeah, and their best player didn't play. <laughs> oh, man, I don't – this is so hard uh, games to talk about, but nobody could hit a shot. I mean – Yeah, the Mavs went 5 of 33 from 3. That is that is the biggest thing I think that we're going to point to. There's definitely – so when you get to – when you have a game like this, when you have a game where – you can't hit shots where the Mavericks are just missing everything. There are other things you can do. There are other ways you can try to create offense and initiate offense. And it just didn't feel like the Mavericks were trying to do that. They just kept going back to the same thing over and over again. Like eventually they're going to hit. Eventually they're going to hit. I would have just liked them to stop. <laughs> just stop taking threes. Start taking twos. Start taking mid-range twos. If you're not hitting, this is the, one of the problems with, you know, keep trying to, to shoot from threes. If, they're just not falling that night. Then you step in. Just go ahead and step in. I don't. Maybe I'm, you know, going back to the old school and, and that mindset. But just take a step in, shoot a shorter shot, and you have to get something to fall. Get get a layup, get a free throw, which they didn't do well on those tonight either. But get something to fall so you, you can start feeling it. And it's it's kind of like this this feeling you get. I have not experienced this very often in my life. <laughs> maybe once or twice in a pickup game where it just everything you throw up is falling. And there's the opposite of that, where everything you throw up doesn't fall at all. And I've had that a lot in my life. And so you throw it up, and it is this you know, complete opposite feeling. You just feel like nothing you can do is right. Nothing you can do is working. And the Mavericks had that. And then when that, ha- when that happens, you have to do something else. Or agree or disagree? Do you feel like you have to change your game plan at that point? At, like when the Mavericks were in the fourth quarter and it just nothing was going right. Still, throughout this whole game, you know, 40 40 minutes and it still hadn't been going right. 
do you have to change your game plan at that point, or you just keep trying to do what this team does and say, this is how we got here, this is how we win games, we're just going to keep doing what we what we do and then, you know, hope that eventually the threes go down. Yeah, I mean, I actually lean that direction that you keep on doing your thing, you keep, uh, you know, running your system and eventually shots will go down. So I I lean that way. I think there's some small tweaks that you can make of saying, Hey, like we're just not hitting tonight. Let's maybe try to get to the basket. But it it just, it just didn't seem like anything was working tonight. And even when they did get to the basket, um, which wasn't very often, they, they just wasn't either hitting them at the, at the basket. Uh, There's a, there was a lot of change that happened in this game that, um, if you if we're gonna point at some things and say, hey, this uh, maybe this could what factored into tonight besides the shooting? Yeah. Uh, some, somebody texted me during the game and said, man, they really miss JJ Barea tonight, and I said <clears throat> they really do, but it's a, like a, a big combination of things. You know, first off, Dennis was back. This was Dennis's first game in the past. What he's he missed the past. He missed four games. games. He still has tape on his wrist. He's still dealing with it. It you know it's you can he took one jump shot tonight and it was it looked really bad and so you can tell that still his wrist is not completely healed back and so when you have a scoring point guard that can't shoot because of his wrist you know his wrist is still healing then that's a problem that's going to be a big problem for your lineup and for that that group yeah so like Dennis this is Dennis's first game back so all of a sudden the starters who have been playing with Brunson now get Dennis uh, into that first unit that's a change up. J.J. Barea is the head of the snake, like Fred Hoiberg called him. Well, now unemployed Hoiberg. At the begin, uh, oh beginning gosh. of the season, he, he called Barea the head of the snake in the second unit. And uh, I love that because that's um, that defines it perfectly. Barea was out, so that threw the second unit off. Uh, Brunson moved to that second unit. And then the best changeup of all, Dirk Nowitzki and his return. Yeah. And we'll talk about that maybe at in the second half of the pot or something. <laughs> Dirk coming back for six minutes did not help. Did not. I don't think that factored into the Mavericks losing the game. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not blaming Dirk coming back at all for this game. No, no. no. Well, there's I, I 42 other minutes that the Mavericks played terribly in this game. I'm saying it, it's a, it's a change up as, as far I agree. as I agree. The, but the rotation and, you know, just everything around that, putting Dirk in there. Maxi doesn't play the whole first half. Dirk plays the first half. Then Maxi uh, tries to get into his groove the second half. Um, something that we talked about on the pod. Uh, we we said, hey, where will Dirk take minutes away from? And we talked about how it was most likely going to be Maxi because of these defined roles and how Carlisle likes to run these units together in these defined roles. And Dirk slid into that Maxi role. Now, whether people agree with that or not, we'll see how they tinker with it come Sunday. But um, Maxi still cannot hit that shot that Dirk hit tonight, and I don't that know. Is, I don't know if he ever will. That's very true. That uh, man, what? Well, I want to dedicate a whole segment to that Dirk um, coming back. But all right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's dedicate a whole segment to Dirk coming back, hitting the shot, the one shot. But it was a good shot. Coming up next. All right, Isaac. So Dirk checks in with uh, what was it? Two minutes and something, something left on the on the clock in the first quarter. Uh, Carlisle decides to call a timeout, and it was two minutes or something left. And he decides to call a timeout, and just 
it felt like he was calling a timeout to put Dirk in. That really felt like what he was going to do. He's like, let's get this over with. He's been stretching enough. <laughs> let's throw him in there. So put him in. And, man, he, he looked stiff as ever. <laughs> you yeah, throw, I mean. You throw any pass to him that's outside of his wingspan radius, <laughs> he's not getting it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When he, when he like, went to the scores table and you saw him – um, go get ready to check in. I got like weirdly emotional about it. Like <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like Sarah and like tear up or anything, but like, I Come don't know. On, you, you, did. you felt the feeling inside. I'm like, Oh man, like this is, uh, this is crazy because you just can't understate the history behind this, that the first player in the history of the game, in the history of the NBA, not a single player has ever played 21 seasons with a franchise. Like that is the definition of loyalty. Um, I mean, you just can't, you can't talk about it enough. And for him to check in that solidified that record um, surpassing Kobe. And I mean, it's just incredible as Mavs fans that we get to embrace that. We get to see that. It's wild. It's wild. And it, it, it is very representational. It's sad that it couldn't happen at home. I, I, I'm with you. I wish it would happen at home. I wonder if the Mavericks pushed for it to happen on this TNT game. Hopefully that would have been a big win that they expected to be a big win. Um, did we mention earlier that this game was a back-to-back? It was a road, a road back-to-back. That was part Yeah, that was that's, part. If, that's part of the factors, too. If you're looking at this and saying, hey, is there a way for me to look at this loss in a positive way? Point at these. Point at the things I listed. JJ being out. Dennis's first game back. The second uh, game of a back-to-back in which it was on the road. In which the last time they did that was with the Pelicans. And man, they just got roasted. Then they got killed tonight with <coughs> in Phoenix. And like Dirk's first game back. You know, figuring out Dirk and Max and all this stuff. There was just a lot of changing factors tonight. And that combined with the atrocious shooting was just a recipe for a complete disaster. And the turnovers. Oh gosh, we didn't even talk about turnovers. <laughs> 23 turnovers. Just just bad decision making. I'm Okay, so scout with Brian, Brian Oranger, I think. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. He did a video Mavs, you know, five plays that they run a lot, and two of them had to do with having DeAndre Jordan you know, with the ball top of the key, they run different things, different Oof, different DeAndre, cuts, man. different off ball screens for for Luca to get the ball out of that, for Harrison to get the ball out of that, for Dennis to get the ball, different things like that. I'm done with all of those. I'm done, <laughs> just done with all of those. One of the biggest things in the Mavs Moneyball Slack that we complain about every single game is how can such a low usage player like DeAndre Jordan. I would I would guess DeAndre Jordan's usage percentage right now is 12. 12%. Dennis's last year was 29. So put that together. Lucas is like 25 right now. How can he he had five turnovers tonight? Yeah. And he had five shot attempts. <laughs> that is not you're supposed to assist to turnover ratio is the thing you're supposed to look at, not a sit no, not turnovers to shot attempts. Um man, it's just bad. It's just it, they're just bad passes. He forces this stuff. Dennis had a couple of bad passes tonight. He had five turnovers tonight too. Luca had a couple of really bad passes. He's trying to force stuff into DeAndre or, you know, just throwing lazy passes. And man, it, 
this team did not get up for this game. They felt like they could walk into this game and they felt like, oh, we're 15 and 11 and we've beaten the Warriors and the Celtics and we've come away in OKC and we come away with these big wins and now we're just going to come in here and this is a 4 and 24 team. We're just going to beat the pants off of them. And uh, now the Mavericks are standing pantsless. <laughs> I, you know, okay, I have a bigger issue with DeAndre Jordan's defense than his turnovers. Um, DeAndre, I don't, okay, we'll just try to preface this with this. I don't know if this is the defensive scheme uh, I'm reaching to try to take the, up for him. Like, the dropping, so what Isaac is talking about is these plays, and Isaac tweeted out two of them today. You can go to, to go to at Isaac L. Harris, go look at the two gifts he tweeted without any commentary because that's what we got to do now. And he tweeted it out, and it's DeAndre, you know, the the screen happens for the the ball handler and Deion and it's DeAndre's man that's setting the screen. Jamal Crawford comes off the screen with the ball and he kind of takes two dribbles into the paint and DeAndre is is falling back. So that's that's icing. That's what the that's what the Mavericks want him to do. But then at, at a point where you notice that Jamal's defender, whether it's Dennis, whether it's Wes, whoever was defending him, whether it's Brunson, can't get over the screen. You got to step up. <laughs> You got to yeah. step up, put a hand up, do something. And he just doesn't. And it almost looked like he was surprised that Jamal Crawford was going to shoot a shot. Hey, guess what? Jamal Crawford only shoots shots. That's all he yes. does is shoot he's shots. Go- he's going to shoot he's shots. one of the best in NBA history at just shooting shots. He's going to shoot that mid-range shot off the yes. dribble. That's exactly what he does. He'll he's drive too, be- but you have two guys behind you that will be able to at least you know, hopefully come over and help again. It is. He's going to be doing this when he's eighty years old, like at the Y. But, yeah, like when we, when we play pickup games, when I play a pickup game, one of the most frustrated things in a pickup basketball is whenever I get picked and like the guy who picks me, they like my teammate doesn't help. It's like, bro, you got to step up, man. Like if I'm getting picked up top, like, and this dude's just getting wide open threes, somebody's got to step up. You got to hedge or something. DeAndre is literally, literally giving him feet, like 10 feet. And I said, like, when you might hear me on a podcast saying 10 feet, I'm like, oh, Isaac's just getting like frustrated right now. He's just over-exaggerating. No, bro. I look at, look, look at some of this tape. It's like legit eight to 10 feet. That he's like just giving them. Is that what he's being told? I don't know. If told to do, saying, hey, don't step out on that. Hopefully, Dennis can get around the pick. <clears throat> I think they're leaving Dennis out on the island out there. It's like Dennis is trying to fight through it. I yeah. Think he, we've talked about him, and he's been a lot better defensively this year. It's he's just, still trying to fight through those screens, and that it's a lot better than what we've seen, what we saw last year. He's been a lot better at that. Yeah. So I don't know. That it, it just. They were just bringing um, that defender up every time and running that towards the end, and it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. I still believe that DeAndre is a positive player in, in a lot of things. I think that his rebounding is as what this team needed desperately the last two years. The Mavericks did not have a player like this. 15 boards tonight. The Mavericks just don't, didn't have a player for the last – I don't know, ever. They could just get 15 boards and on a bad night. <laughs> you know, I think that is a positive thing. I think that his presence around the rim still is a positive thing. I'm just, 
I'm concerned with having him run so much offense and running so much through him and then the defense. Those are two things. And those are, those are, these are not new things either. These are two things that, you know, Clippers writers told me coming into the season, hey, watch out for DeAndre's help defense. It's not something that he likes to do or does very often, <laughs> especially when there's bad games. So this is, you know, this is not something new, something we've talked about, but it reared its ugly head again tonight. It's you know, something that's just going to keep coming up. Yeah, in like three three point attempts. Um, here's a stat for you: Dirk fell down more times than the bench hit a three pointer. <laughs> yeah, Dirk fell down three times today. The, six the bench, the bench combined, uh, they went one for thirteen from three, and uh, little hints of two years ago, Dwight Powell. Of, I I didn't think he played that bad. Everybody was saying no, that he was no, playing. no. I don't think he was one. He was the only positive that played over ten minutes. He was a plus three on the night. So, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people I, were I, complaining I, about him. But right after he tried that three, he got on the ground and stole a loose ball and and got it to Brunson for what I think was an assist or maybe there was a hockey assist or something like that. He passed it to somebody else. But like I thought, he did some positive things tonight. And yes, he does. You know, in a game like this, we're gonna say we're gonna see everybody do some dumb things, and we just have 2016 Dwight to point to it and be like, "Oh, he's playing like that again." But I point toward I point towards that when he shoots threes because that was one of the biggest changes of him when he took that next step is when he just turned into a rim runner and he shot three threes tonight, over three. I saw somebody tweet out. I wish I remember who it was. His stats for. Um, this season over his last like 33s or 43s and what he's shooting uh, it's not a great percentage but but no, yeah I mean hardly anybody shot shot the ball well tonight I mean Dorian was over five from the field so um it did they only played Dorian what eight minutes in the first half I thought that was very weird yeah and he had two he had a nasty play where he blocked Josh Jackson's dunk and then Josh yes. Jackson got the ball and he blocked him again um I really like that play. Um, you know, <clears throat> Dennis's first game back. You just want to—I don't know. You just—I just want to just throw the game away for him, just because you can throw it, the he, game away for him. But he had some really positive, you know, drives to the basket. He had some really good times when he attacked. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's either—he he was either really rusty or he's still hurt, and I, I think we both agree he's—he's he's probably not a hundred percent right now. So agreed. it's just. Yeah, um, yeah, just a little rough game for him tonight. Um, Luca, you know, you tweeted out some towards the end of the game. It was like, when did the offense? When, you say? Yeah, it was. It was at I think three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I just said, when is the last time Luca initiated the offense? And it just seemed like Luca was part of the game and not like not in the game. <laughs> he just felt like he was a role player out there running around. He had 12, he did take twelve shots tonight. He was six of twelve. Um, from the field, he had six assists. He had five boards. He had four turnovers. So he did. He did have the ball. He did get the ball. He was one of five from three as well. Uh, only two free throw attempts. Missed both of them. But it just didn't seem like the Mavericks ran the ball through Luca. This this game really felt like one of the opening season games. It really felt like the first game, the first Suns game. Yeah. It felt like the exact same thing, even though the score was is a lot different. It's a lot lower. The, the Mavericks just weren't running the ball, running the offense through Luca. And somebody said, somebody on Twitter said to me, you know, you're Luke. Like, when's the last time we hit a three? Your Luca bias is showing. It's annoying. And 
sure, my Luca, you know, you can call it Luca bias, but the guy's the best player on the team. And when the best player on the yeah. team isn't, you know, running the offense and doesn't get the ball, it's all, this felt like a freeze out game again. They're not freezing him out. I'm not saying that, but it's felt like that because he just wasn't initiating the offense. We got all this Wes and and DeAndre stuff going through, and Harrison Barnes driving into four defenders <laughs> and not kicking it out and just taking it yeah. straight to the rim and Dennis. You're driving into somebody and just like throwing it to no one and just just weird stuff. Give the ball to your best player. Just forget the plays. Just give it to him. Let him do stuff. And when you when nothing is going right in a game like that, I just feel like that's what you need to do. Yeah, and, and it's what we talk about of when it's under five minutes. That's what they should run this high pick and roll with Luca and. Um, see if he can create something with it. But, yeah, there was some bad Harrison Barnes drives tonight. Um, there was some, you know, some, we talked about the rust of Dennis, but it felt like there was two or three uh, possessions with Dennis in which he drove the lane and he jumped up in the air and then looked around for somebody to pass it in the air and then yes. threw it right to a Suns player. So, um, That's a tough play. That, That's a tough play. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's just losing, you know, leaving your feet like that. You kind of strain yourself into making a turnover or, a crazy yeah, because if you but. if you land and you don't pass the ball after after you jump with the ball in the air, that's travel. So, and gotta, you know, like, gotta do something with it. With the Harrison stuff, you know, I wonder if it's just um, it's just you know a weird spot for him as far as you know back last year or these past two years, he's been the guy. You know, like he has been our leading scorer. He's been the guy that they want to give the ball to in the clutch and say go get us a basket and stuff. And I wonder if it's still a a battle for him to where he thinks that that is, or they tell him, Hey, like you are, um, that still in that role of saying like, Hey, go get us a basket. Like we like go do this thing. And so some of these drives and stuff that, yeah, the drive against four players, but you know, we don't know is Rick Carlos saying, Hey, when you get the ball in the wing, I want you to be aggressive and take it to the, to the basket. You'll get the foul call. He talked to Tim McMahon the other night after the game and told him about <clears throat> how he wants to talk to the league office about this. Of, uh, Kiki, just kinda, <laughs> do you hear me? They are fouling. <laughs> of uh, why he might not be kidding. Uh, Kiki Vandeway is the head of the Referees Association, by the way. That's that's, that's the joke. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, <clears throat> we've went this whole pot and we haven't talked about freaking TJ Warren. Yeah, I don't care about him. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, we'll, we can talk about him. So TJ Warren is the next Michael Jordan. He's the next Charles Barkley. He's the next, I don't know, who is a good Suns player? Dan oh, Marley. Oh, hey, how about Steve Nash? <laughs> KJ Johnson. Um, TJ Warren just started off the game just getting buckets. And I he remember Dan Marley. <laughs> I remember when he got buckets at NC State, and some people were talking and uh, didn't know if it would like translate uh, to the NBA um, if he'd ever be a good defender. But tonight, it really didn't matter because a dude just—I mean—he can score the basketball, and I, I think he's a solid player, and I think he's actually on a pretty good deal. I think he makes like ten or eleven million or something. And I, I actually really like him as a player, but he just falls into that freaking Bazemore category. It's like, oh, cool, we're just gonna have random wings that just go off against us. And I mean, tonight he had thirty points. <laughs> TJ only had thirty points. He had eleven points in the first quarter. I'm pretty sure. So it was just, and then their bench. I mean, they brought Josh Jackson off the bench, but 
Uh, Josh Jackson, <coughs> Rashad Holmes. Rashad Holmes um, dominated. Jamal Crawford. I mean, they combined for what thirty or forty something points. So yeah. I mean, that's I mean that's just crazy when you think about that. But especially I, since you look at this team as not being a deep team at all. We both. We're like, wait, Jawan Evans is on this team. Wait, Troy Daniels is on this team. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't have a point guard. I mean, they, De'Anthony Melton played 21 minutes, but literally I texted Nick in the second half. I said, Jamal Crawford is their point guard, LOL. He is. Because he played 26 minutes compared to Melton's 21, and they're all pretty much at point guard. And it's like, it, it, it's so frustrating when you see teams like that. One, Trevor Reza playing 37 minutes when he's supposedly on the – the way out on this yeah. trade block, um, which what does that tell you about? <laughs> he had 13 future? points, eight boards, five assists, four steals. Trade for well, me, Trevor Reza says to all playoff teams. I was going to say, I wonder why your boys uh, won him in L.A. Hey, how about the Suns beat the Mavericks and DeAndre Ayton goes three of 13 from the field and has four turnovers himself and four fouls and gets in foul trouble and only plays 26 minutes. He had a pretty nasty spin move on DeAndre. Oh, man, that was brutal. Yeah, but, I mean, he still struggles uh, pretty bad defensively. <laughs> yes. but Yes, he oh, does. Well. Very much so. All right, let's let's uh, let's end on this. Do the Mavericks have a J.J. Barea problem? Problem is, like when he's not there? It's a problem because he is so important <laughs> that any time he's not there, the, the Mavericks just can't come back from it because they've been winning these games by the starters were bad and then the bench comes in and gives them a lead and then the starters maybe were not so bad and then the bench comes in and gives them a bigger lead and when JJ Bray is not there they don't have that um, where where if the starters can't handle it then the bench can't come in and you know take over yeah I mean is he's he's naturally going to leave a huge hole in the rotation because I mean he's is legitimately in the six man race right now of the year. I mean, he, he should be at least in that conversation. So, I mean, when you take him away from that, the head of the stake of running that second unit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a huge hole to fill. I mean, you want to <clears throat> somewhere inside of you, you want to feel like Jalen Brunson could step into that role that JJ uh, plays and give you 75% of JJ um, or at least that, he had 13 that, points off the bench tonight. So he, that I mean, role, he played decently. He's just not JJ Barea yet. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, his role changes here and there. Like, I mean, he's just he he's not JJ Barea. I hadn't been in the league that long of uh, being able to adapt and play with different units and different roles and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, if he's, <clears throat> which I don't think it's serious, I think he'll probably be back pretty soon. But I mean, we said yesterday on the pod, I said, I think we would be shocked if JJ Barrett played tonight because uh, he had a pretty uh, rolled up ankle, but um, they desperately need him for sure in that second unit. And I think Dirk needs him too. And just, um, I know we didn't talk a ton about Dirk a little bit ago, but uh, just acclimating Dirk into that second unit. uh, I know that just some people that I've talked to around the Mavs um, that Dirk is, um, Dirk doesn't want to mess things up. You know, and it's like it's part of your, like your heart. You feel for him as far as like I've legit like heard that he's like he doesn't want to 
like he he's excited to be back, but he's like, you know, he sees the team doing so well, and he's like, I don't want to mess these <laughs> these things up, but uh, mess the rotation. He's the best stuff up. man, but he is he, he he's, he's the, the greatest. Man. He and is so, the goat. So fitting him into this, that is, you know, you. It's whatever we've we've constantly said on this podcast. Whatever he brings will just be an added bonus, and they'll fit him in. They'll make it work. And trust me, and if he is out there and they are not playing well, and he is the reason, and everybody knows it, he will be the first person that would go to the coach and staff and say, "I'm just set me down. I'm not going to play." Like put put Maxie or put Dwight in or something like that. Like he he is that selfless of a player, and. They're, they're going to tinker around with these lineups, but they put him in tonight. He had that first, <clears throat> um, that first possession, which they hit him. And it's kind of like, uh, I don't even know if the pass was to him. It looked like it was to the guy in the corner and he caught it and he had somebody on his hip and he turned around and hit that fadeaway bank shot. And first shot of his 21st season, the, the bench went crazy. You're like, Oh my gosh. Like, of course his first shot. And it was just, um, a really cool special moment. Uh, and it really sets the stage. You know, he only played uh, six minutes tonight. The plan going into it was just for him to play the first half, and he played the end of that first into the second, took him out, didn't play again. And um, it sets the stage for a special moment on Sunday, uh, and which should be uh, his um, his second game of the season, his first game at home. They'll travel back tonight, uh, have an off game, off day, on Friday and then practice on Saturday before their game on Sunday. So hopefully they got some time. They got a few days off now after this back to back. Hopefully they just go back to the drawing table, throw this game out. Uh, they shouldn't. I want to, <laughs> I want to say this. <clears throat> Let me knock on wood here. Uh, I don't think they'll shoot like this again for the rest of the season. Um, oh gosh. Let's hope, let's hope not. Uh, what was it? Five. Yeah. Five for 33, 15%. From the three-point line. Uh, every Monday morning, <clears throat> I do this weekly uh, thing for Mavs.com where I recap the last week. And for each game, I do a stat of the game. I guarantee you my stat of the game for the, for this game will be 15% from behind the, behind the arc. Yeah, so that's bad. It was just a lot of stuff in this game that um, just didn't work. And I don't even know if did anything work. I mean, I I didn't think I didn't think Luca played that horribly tonight. I mean, he was one for five from three, but um, he's definitely had worse games this season. Yeah, yeah, I just think he just didn't get enough opportunity. That I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, a quick look at the standings. The Mavericks are currently 15 and 12. They're tied with the Sacramento Kings. Dallas is still technically in the seventh spot. Sacramento in the eighth spot. Portland is the ninth spot, 15 and 13. Uh, San Antonio is right behind at 15 and 14. The Pelicans are 15 and 15 <laughs> right above the Mavericks are the Grizzlies at 16 and 11. And then the Clippers and Lakers are both at 17 and 11 with losses tonight. Um, it's a tight one, man. <laughs> it's still tight. All these games matter. And it's it these games that the Mavericks drop are tough. I mean, they've dropped games now to the Hawks, the yeah. Suns twice, the Knicks. I mean, it, it these games the Mavericks need they need to start putting these games but then they'll go they'll turn around and beat you know <laughs> the Rockets again they'll beat these other teams it's wild this team is just, they're just different um, yeah it, I mean you just see two different sides of them and but <clears throat> they're kind of I don't want to say predictable but like they're very it's very obvious right now when they come off a of back to back they just haven't figured it out 
Like yeah. those back to back games. I mean, they just they just haven't figured out what to do. Um, from ever like they just look slow. They look um, just out of whack completely. And yeah. so <clears throat> their next back to back, people are going to be expecting this. So it's kind of like. Um, can they not adapt this into their identity? Yeah, got to change uh, something with your routine. Yeah, yeah, something up. In uh, just a a small uh, NBA um, date reminder: Saturday is the December fifteenth, which is the date Ooh. in which all players that sign or I wouldn't say all, but most of the players that signed over the summer are now <coughs> eligible from Saturday on to be traded. Uh, so. Doesn't apply to the Mavericks a ton um, because it's not like we went out and signed a crazy amount of people this offseason. Yeah, you um, think DeAndre's on the block? But DeAndre Jordan did sign this offseason, <laughs> so after Saturday, December 15th, he will now be eligible to be traded <clears throat> along with a lot of other people around the league. You look at Trevor Ariza and say, why hasn't this deal happened yet if it's going to happen with the Lakers? He obviously signed this past offseason with the Suns, so he isn't eligible to be traded until Saturday. So there's a ton of players like that. I think now, I mean, there's obviously been trade talks happening um, throughout the league and trades that's happened, like Jimmy Butler and stuff. But now that everyone, for the most part, is eligible to be traded, with the exception of a few different people uh, with some ex- weird extension stuff, whatever. Now from Saturday through, I mean, really the next two or three months, or two months, I guess, um, is when everything's going to heat up and see, you know, some Western conference teams and we'll talk about this podcast for a ton of time, a lot from now until then. But you know, with the West being so close, you're going to see teams across the West <clears throat> try to make these moves and try to solidify themselves in the playoffs, take a next step forward. Does somebody like the Kings can the Pelicans pull off something? Will Denver try to make an all in move? Will, will Dallas try to get in there and grab somebody else? And it, It'll be fun to monitor what this big clump of teams does in the West over the next two months. It'll be fascinating to look at. We're excited. We love player movement. It's probably our favorite thing in the NBA. So we're excited to see it happen. And, guys, it's a tough loss, but the Mavericks are still 15-12. and 12. The sky is not falling. It's not the end of the world. They still have Luka. They still have you know, Dennis coming back from the injury, so there's still a lot of things to get put together. They're not going to shoot. <laughs> they're not going to shoot five of 33 every single game. So there is hope guys. Thanks so much for listening to locked on Mavs. Appreciate Dirk being back. It might've been a sucky loss, but the legend, the goat is back and he came in and hit a shot. So if you take away anything from tonight, yep. take the loss out of your mind, take whatever frustrations you have. Dirk Nowitzki is back. And that's what we care about right now and tonight. Peace out. Boom. Boom.